Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 20, and we left off um, somewhere, uh, I believe, around 23 last time. Um, Jesus, back in Matthew chapter 20, had been um, telling them that they were he was going to go to Jerusalem, and he was going to be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and then he was going to be raised on the third day. He just gets through telling them again that he's here to sacrifice himself, but they they just don't understand it because right after that, the mother of James and John asked him for a favor, and they there she's asking him, "Can my boys sit at your right hand? You know, when you come into your kingdom, you know, like she's kind of trying to to get something for her boys, and Jesus is saying back to her, you know, you don't know what you're asking. I can't, I can't um, promise these kind of things. That's for my Father in heaven to do." And McGee makes the point that he's there to save, and it doesn't depend on what we do for our salvation, but but perhaps rewards in heaven are based on what we do with our salvation. So, you can't just give these heavenly gifts or rewards like that just like based on, hey... Give me a favor. That's based on what people have done with their salvation. So, uh, in any event, um, verse 24, when the ten heard this, now these are the other disciples, they were indignant. That means they were angry at the two brothers. Why? Because they wanted to be able to sit at the right hand. It's like little children, like, hey, no, 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 don't give it to him. Well, why are you asking? Because that, that offends us. Or you could, you know, reasonably think that they were angry because they've been, you know, they're working hard too, you know, and why do you get to sit at the right hand, you know, and this kind of thing. And Jesus has just been making the point also, so don't begrudge my generosity, the last will be first, 
and the fir- <clears throat> the last will be first, and the first will be last. If you want to be, if you want to understand how it's going to work in the kingdom of heaven, so then Jesus called him to verse twenty-five and said to them, "You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you." Okay. But whosoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to serve, not, excuse me, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus is saying, look, you guys can't even be angry at one another. You can't. This is not the way that it's going to be among you. It's not the way it is in heaven. It's not the way among you. Because if you're trying to seek to be great, to sit at the right hand, you've got to be the lowest. You know, you've got to take the low positions. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So this this passage here, verse 27, 28, is like Jesus' mission statement. He came to serve. He came to save. He came to sacrifice. That's what, that's what he is. He came to be the lowest position in humility. And he's saying that's what we have to do. We have to be low in that position just like just like he did. Okay? The first should be last and the last should be first. You're not don't even look to try to get ahead of somebody else. Look to be lower and to serve. Verse 29. And as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed them. And behold, there were two blind men sitting on the road by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The, the crowd rebuked them, t- telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? And McGee teaches, Jesus already knew. I mean, it was obvious they were blind and wanted to be healed, but McGee says, you always have to tell the Lord. Tell the Lord what's wrong. Jesus wants us to tell him what's wrong. Verse 34, And Jesus pitied, in pity, touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. Isn't that amazing? We have to ask. We have to ask in faith, independency, to let Him work in our lives. Verse, excuse me, chapter 21. Now, they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage. I believe that's a, a city on the Mount of Olives, east of uh, Jerusalem 
to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you. That I guess that would be Beth, Bethphage. And immediately you will find a donkey tied and a coat with her. <clears throat> untie them, so he's untying the donkey and the colt, and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, this was Zechariah 9, chapter 9, verse 9, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. So my study Bible says uh, this takes place to fulfill the prophecy in Zechariah um, that the king um, would extend to nations um, that he would be coming in on a colt and um, that fulfills Zechariah's prophecy. So, um, I think my study Bible also says having the mother donkey move alongside the unbroken colt would be the best way to calm it during the noisy entrance into Jerusalem. Um, that would probably be the way they would bring the colt in. But it's interesting that Jesus sits on the unbroken colt um, and it kind of symbolizes that um, he he can calm this this colt. He's sovereign over the colt as well. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt <clears throat> and put them and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees <clears throat> and spread them on the road, and the crowds that went before him and followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna means, O save. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. They weren't calling him the Messiah, Perhaps they were just calling him a prophet at this point. So they still probably didn't understand that they didn't. They didn't understand why he was there, but they were just, you know, calling him a great person. Verse 12, and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. It's interesting to me, just reading this, Jesus enters with complete authority over the temple. Complete authority. And he bypasses all the authority of the, of the man-made authority here. And you got your 
chief priests. I mean, they had authority over this temple. But Jesus walks in and just completely bypasses their authority. Now, that would have made the crowd feel pretty good, a lot of the crowd, because, you know, these chief priests are walking around like they own the place. And Jesus is saying, no, it's not your way. And he backs it all up with Scripture. And um, they can't say anything against him. So, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Okay? And it further sort of gives a sign that um, he has the authority. The chief priests are powerless. They can't say anything against him, and they can't do what he's doing. The chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did. So they have the every opportunity to accept him. They have the education. They have the, quote, dedication. But pride was theirs. It prevented them from accepting him. I mean, they also saw the children crying out in the temple. So the children are acknowledging, acknowledging him. The blind and the lame are being healed. And the, ch the children are crying out, Hosanna to the son of David. The children are fulfilling prophecy. They were indignant. They were angry. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? In other words, the children are calling you son of David. Hosanna. They're calling, they're, they're worshiping you. And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read? He's quoting Psalms to them now. Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. So we see Jesus. He's now, uh, as McGee says, the story now is beginning to accelerate. It's, it's becoming faster and faster. Events are going to be happening faster and faster. On one hand, you've got the people worshiping him, fulfilling prophecy. But on another hand, those same people are going to be crying out for his death. We can't put our faith in the praise that comes from people. Even today, the praise that comes from people, you can't. You can't place your faith in that at all. You don't want to come to Jerusalem, the big city, and seek popularity. He retreated from Jerusalem to Bethany. He didn't even stay there. He did not want this, this false-hearted praise. He wants changed hearts. He wants repentant hearts. Very interesting. The what that must have felt like as he's coming in, he's being he's being praised by people who don't really understand why he's there. And I think Oswald Chambers made the point that Jesus never did trust the praise that came from men. He always gave his complete trust to his heavenly Father. Because the praise of men 
is so fickle. Even his own disciples were arguing, you know, before he's going to Jerusalem, like, who's going to be greater? And Jesus is telling them that the Son of Man came not to be served, not to seek the praise, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. And it's interesting to me also that the disciples were indignant at the two brothers. In other words, they were angry. And then when he gets into Jerusalem, when he sees the children worship, then they see the children worship, the chief priests and the scribes were indignant. Same word, they were angry too. Everybody's angry because of pride in different ways. The disciples were indignant because they wanted to be great. The chief priests and the scribes were indignant because they wanted to be great. Right? And perhaps the some of the crowds were, were praising, but pretty soon those crowds would be indignant too. They would be angry. They would call for His crucifixion. So we're going to stop here. The story is accelerating. And uh, we shall uh, continue our study of Matthew tomorrow. So from me to all of you, as always, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say in this study today. God bless you all. Again, we'll see you next time.